0: Hey, it's your host, Dave Cameo, host of Squawking Dead. Just wanted to give you a little uh, update on the fact that we have, on top of being able to support us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or heading to our merch store to buy some funky, funky, lovely updated art and logo-based artwork merchandise Uh, at squawkingdead.com. Click the top left corner, click Merch, uh, you can also head over to our new sponsor, Phineas Coffee. Uh, they say it's coffee for gamers, but I say it's just top tier, grade A, super duper awesome coffee. I've had the pleasure of having it, and it is incredible, actually. Um, so they are going to give fans of Squawking Dead 10% off their next order when they use promo code Squawking Dead. No spaces, just Squawking Dead. Uh, at checkout. So when you do buy Phineas Coffee, uh, every bag is another tick in our bucket. A little extra for Squawking Dead for supporting us, and you get something back, 10% off your next order. So with three ways to support us, uh, have at it. Let us know what you think, actually. And uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, Phineas Coffee very, very much. That's P-H-I-N-E-A-S coffee.com. And without further ado, here is episode 185, uh, season 11, episode 15 of The Walking Dead's Love in the fin- Final season-, season, titled Trust. Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. Um, I'm joined hand in hand with Sharon D. aka Blazing Gardener, and Survivors Tier members, jasmine.iac on Instagram, and ex Girl on Twitter, Bridget. We're here to talk about the 15th episode of The Walking Dead's 11th final season titled Trust. This episode annoyed me a little bit. Not like a terrible way, but like, just like, oh, I'm going to have to break this down and figure out something to say. The thing with Lance is starting to bother me a lot more. Like, see, forget you guys. Let's talk about feelings. No, me. Me first. (laughs) My feelings. (laughs) All
1: right, (laughs)
0: Dave. (laughs) Yeah. What? Go on, then. Oh, okay. Well, now I I had so much momentum and then I was just like, go on, Dave. I'm like, wait, (laughs) hold on. I forgot what I was going to say. No, the whole thing. I was defending him for so many episodes and this episode was kind of tough.
2: I still think he's defendable, to be honest.
0: I still think so, too. But it's a lot harder. And if it's a lot harder, then why? That's that's my annoyance. That's like, okay, how am I supposed to, to, like, see all sides of this when my personal feelings are not in a good place?
2: I really enjoyed the episode, and I... Against what you're saying, I actually just really enjoyed, like, every single scene that Lance was in. I was oh, awesome. no, I did too. Then what are you just, just trying to say? <laughs> I'm just like,
0: now I'm, now, but I'm having a hard time to def- defending him. That's, the, that's my problem.
2: But he's not supposed to be defended.
0: That, that's your opinion, man.
2: <laughs> I love that Ezekiel finally got some more screen time in this episode, because I fucking love Ezekiel. He's probably one of my favorite characters. And I loved, obviously, Mercer and Princess can't beat the the scene when they're in bed, basically straight out of the comic book. And then when they like made up, and it was like so sweet.
1: I first watched the episode on Sunday. And then, I don't remember when, but we had a conversation at some point, maybe in Discord. But something was said about how you hadn't watched the episode, Dave. And then I was like, wait, did I watch the episode? And (laughs) I like racked my brain and could not remember like a single thing (laughs) that had happened. And I was like, what? I'm like I swear I watched the episode and then I had to go back and like read a synopsis of what had happened because I like just straight up could not remember it at all so that said a little to me about how I felt about it <laughs> but on um on second watch through it was, pretty, it was pretty good there were some pretty good elements but everything up to this point has been so like impactful and there's been like these big events that have happened and this one was just more mellow Probably mellow. in lead up to this upcoming episode, I would guess,
0: let me try this one on. Was it more like there was an expectation that this would be like a like a a brawl and it didn't happen, or was it just the fact that it was just, oh it's just mellow
1: i'm I'm unsure, I think yeah, maybe I went into it thinking like okay, the last two episodes were like really good and like intertwined with each other, and there was like a lot of build up and then some resolution, and so then maybe I was waiting for like build up again and it it was, but it was like. Only build up. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> no, that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. You had made similar remarks in the last episode too. Yeah. Yes, the episodes flowed into one another, but it, like not a lot happened, quote unquote.
3: Do you think mm-hmm. some yeah. of that could be because we were all on convention come down? Because I've I, I had a hard time remembering a lot of what happened, and I think it's because I, my my mind was still at, I'm still in the convention fog.
0: I'm still the pandemic mm-hmm. at Jenna's yeah, table.
1: I, I said that last week when we recorded i was like i don't know if it was pandemic and like coming back from it or what but the episode didn't feel as good but i think it's maybe i'm just sad <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not that maybe the episode I'm, isn't maybe good i'm
1: just depressed <laughs> it's not it's not
0: what the walking dead is it's not you it's me
2: um <laughs> from, from Fra- the perspective friends of a person, on the walking dead from the perspective of a person that never got to go to a pandemic to begin with, I think one thing that really felt like, you know, that it did feel very, very build is because obviously we got that look-ahead scene in episode 1109, and we finally caught up to that moment, and I think everybody was expecting this to be something huge, and then it wasn't.
0: I <laughs> so feel was responsible kind for of, There, was, well, there was a
2: definite we're idiot. anticlimax to that particular We should have known
0: better. No, and you know, what know, I feel... I feel responsible for that. I kind of said, "Oh, this is going to be the knockdown drag out. Some people are going to be pulling on hair. It's going to be gross."
2: Well, we we all thought that was going to be absolutely crazy. Like I think even people that didn't listen to the podcast were like hyping up that scene.
0: So basically, most people.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, self-deprecation. <laughs> Not that they should shouldn't be. Should, shouldn't shouldn't be you you should you should be because we're we're the we're the best really selling it. There's
3: none better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <ba, ba>, <laughs> oh, why did I do this? Why did I do this? <laughs> for those of you who don't know, our our April Fool's Day prank, which was yesterday, wasn't a prank. It was just kind of like a a sweet little dumb thing that we did for April Fool's Day. Was we rebranded ourselves as squawking bread. I just wanted to let that hang there. <laughs> <I don't laughs> <you can> <laughs> <laughs> just because it made me i was like okay what if what if guys what if we were squawking bread and our, our podcast pivoted towards baked goods and the love of gluten or non-gluten we don't judge we want to include everybody in their opinions and their dietary problems carol's no i don't cookies. about what about, sorry
3: charity it's a podcast about carol's cookies
0: <laughs> in, yeah i guess that would be included pastries uh, cro- croissant <laughs> <laughs> So right, that's kind of a bread, an oil, a buttery, flaky bread. Right, it's the best ja- bread. Yeah, I mean, if you had to choose, right? Although I, I like, I kind of like fry bread. Not talking about bread. Anyway, bread. <laughs> sorry,
2: <laughs> my my bread went moldy today, so I had to throw it away.
3: Thank you, Jasmine. That made me feel I'm a lot so better. So sorry. <laughs> gross, gross. Don't want it quite as much
0: now. <laughs> that that's exactly what caused us to say no. We have to go back to the Walking Dead universe. It's like. This, this bread game is too. It's a dirty business, <laughs> a moldy game. one, in fact. The bread game, <laughs> the, the, the glu- this gluten madness, or non-gluten. Again, we don't, we don't judge. No,
1: no, no, <laughs>
0: no. Are you no. saying like, oh, that's not bread?
1: No, we're not doing gluten-free bread. If this is, you know, real, your gluten
0: not, supremacy attitudes are not welcome <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast.
1: I'm an anti-glutite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listen, listen, (laughs) on on this podcast, all dough matters. Um. Am I glitching? I should be. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny to us, everybody. So go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Oh, what? Squawking dead lost followers. Whatever. Squawking bread, everybody. All right. let's let's do this. Game time. What do you think about this episode? Like
3: I was saying, I had a hard time remembering what in the world happened in it. But after rewatching it this morning before the show, I really liked it. I feel like it kind of is solidifying my stance on Lance that maybe he's kind of actually the mover and the shaker behind everything going on. Because I feel like he would definitely burn down the world if he could be King of the Ashes.
0: Referring to your take last yeah. week.
3: I also wonder if they had a bet in the writer's room to see how many times they could use the word sex in one episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when did they use that word? I mean,
0: Between Lance and Princess, mostly, I think. Lance when and did Lance, Lance say Ma- it? I unless the spinoff this? is with La- Lance and Maggie. Some t- there was some tension there.
3: Maggie likes the bad boys, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the sad boys.
2: To be honest, Lance is shaping up to be my favorite character this season.
0: Uh, I'm I, can really, get behind, I can get behind that. I'm really in front looking
3: forward to what Leah is going to get up to with Lance. because. <sighs> Yeah, that was awesome. She's got some guns, man. Lynn Collins has got like some arms. I don't I can't I can't help but notice. It's like she's, Terminator 2 Linda Hamilton arms, man. <laughs> like Ugh.
0: If they like did a reboot of Terminator, Cast Lynn Collins. Yeah, I
3: mean, she could totally I'm be down with she that. could totally, totally be um Sarah Connor.
0: I mean just to put a cap on my feelings, it's it's not that I'm I, I really, really like this episode. I actually liked some of the Lance reveals. It's kind of like watching Lance be able to navigate so well and knowing that, and I still believe that he basically, like you said, uh, he is like the mover and shaker. Uh, He is kind of like the Saul Goodman. He is the response to a broken system and keeps it moving. However, what happens when that response, when that Saul Goodman goes out in the wild? Does it work? And I think for the first tell is Toby Carlson. And it not working well with him. I think he was like supposed to be the nuclear option for whatever this project or this thing over here was supposed to be. But that didn't work. And so now he's doubling down. He's like, okay, it's gotta be here somewhere. And so he's trying to he's trying to pull his same games, games, and his moves in the Commonwealth out there, and it's not working. He tests Aaron and Gabe. That's not working. He tests the car, that's not working. He tests the hat on her on Herschel's head, which he did find. That's not working. It was kind of it's kind of a misstep. He underestimated our group's tenacity. So I just feel like, and I wish Rachel was here. This is exactly what Rachel was talking about when she says, oh, he's a dum-dum. He thinks every, everything that he's going to do is going to work and it doesn't. And I don't think that it makes him a dum-dum. I just think that when you're behind walls for 10 years, even if you're a scrapper like Lance, and I acknowledge that, they kind of bring a, that up in this episode. He, oh, I was a gearhead, you know, it shows like he came from nothing, but Even still, you came from nothing in a pre-apocalypse universe. And then you maintain that pre-apocalypse universe, sort of, in this weird system, uh, and then came up through that. And then then what? You never got—it sounds like he never got to live out there in in the—let's zombie. maybe start with that. Do you think Lance lived at all in the zombie apocalypse?
3: No, I don't think he—I think he was there when everything started in—I mean, because, you know, my theory about the Commonwealth— the primrose group that was mentioned in the world beyond was in Toledo, Ohio, the commonwealth is in Ohio. And I think that Lance and Pamela Milton were there maybe having some kind of dealings with the primrose group when they start and they started the apocalypse somehow. So um they've started the commonwealth right when it started so I feel like he's been there the whole time. I maybe mean, he's gone outside the walls to do things, but he's never had to survive outside the walls for any amount of time.
0: And to my point Enough to know what it's like out there. Right. This absolute right. this absolute libertarianism. And I'm I'm gonna mention that again and again. Absolute this absolute libertarian's wet dream. Absolute freedom. At the beginning of this episode, what is Lance trying to do? Is he just trying to like get forensics, be a detective? Is he just trying to find out what's going on? What does he exactly want? Does he want the guns? Does he want to find out who did this? What is his personal mission as it pertains to this episode? I
3: think he totally thinks that Aaron and Gabriel are if not in on it, they know who took the guns and stuff and maybe he's even thinking that Maggie was in on it. I think it was partly to intimidate Daryl and um Gabriel and Aaron to go to Hilltop and mess with Maggie, you know, we're gonna go search this place. But I also feel like maybe he feels like Maggie was in on it. Maybe Maggie was one of the people who went and took maybe they went and took the stuff. Maybe not from the caravan, but maybe they went to the 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 apartment complex, uh, Riverbend, and they, they took it from there. Maybe Maggie has it now.
0: What you're saying is Maggie doesn't even know from Adam these Riverbend people, but she managed to either slaughter them or steal the guns away from them? Or Is that the impression you think he Ooh, has of no, her? No, I
3: mean, I think he thinks that, I mean, he knows Maggie knows Aaron and, and Gabriel, and he thinks that Gabriel and Aaron were friends with the people inside of, of the Riverbend. So it would stand to reason that they that Maggie they would like Maggie come get these guns you know you could use them or whatever so they got Maggie to come and and take everything back to the hilltop or whatever I don't right. I don't oh, think he thought o- that obviously but I, mean, I don't think he thought that going there but once he got there and Aaron and Gabriel were like yeah that's our story we're gonna stick to that you know and he was like hmm
0: hmm who's this uh well let's 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 get one thing out of the way before we even go further down this rabbit hole, because it's, it's it's like Alice in Wonderland. In prior episodes, we had said it's possible that Lance had deliberately hit or done something to the caravan to cause some sort of accident. Do we still think that? Or do no. we think that, generally speaking, like the, that caravan was supposed to go to whatever that somewhere was supposed to be, whatever it was for, we don't think he, he deliberately caused that incident to happen, right?
3: No, I don't think so, because he... Um... And he was sending it to his secret project and destroying his own caravan is just causing problems for him. I don't see how it would benefit him in any way. All it's doing is causing strife and costing him more soldiers. I don't think he did it. I think they, somebody legitimate, well, obviously Leah legitimately hit the caravan.
0: I'm trying to avoid from, from talking about the, that thing that he mentions to Carlson, that secret project, let's say, because it, it gets us nowhere. Like maybe we can come back around to it if we haven't, if we figure out enough information. But I kind of want to not even talk about that because it's so like, oh, you just said something, Lance. And now we have, now we're like, oh, well, what is it? What is a secret project And we can't forget, right? It's the worst thing too. Cause it's like, you have literally no information. Whatever that information was involved guns and soldiers and caravans and Leah. So instead of doing that, why is it important to indict Maggie in all this? That's the thing I really want to know because you have two components here. Obviously, the hilltop is close by, so who's the likely suspect, quote unquote, right? But then you have another component, and that's how Maggie turned him down, which caused all the other communities to not join the Commonwealth effectively. So that's, that's the key component here, are these two things. Could be his pride, right? His pride being turned down and his mission having failed. And for a very ambitious person to have that sort of thing be taken away from you, they don't accept that. The wisdom to know the difference. You know, accept the things you cannot change. And it's, oh, you know what? And I just thought of a new thing. Fine. The Carol says in this episode, it's the hope that kills you. And it's that's kind of like Lance here. It's like this unwinnable situation. like But like you see him, he's like, he actually kind of almost sort of has them with Herschel's hat. Even though it's like the most circumstantial of evidence ever in history. Glove don't fit, you must acquit sort of thing. The hat fits, you must uh, join the Commonwealth. Or... Like, or you you die, essentially. Because I think that's what he's trying to do by the end of it. Like this sort of dual situation. Well, okay, I know you took the guns, Maggie. I know you did the things, Maggie. I know, even though they're not here, I know you did it. But you know what? I'll let it slide if you join the Commonwealth.
2: I think that even though he knows that Maggie's smart enough not to leave the guns in Hilltop, or leave evidence in Hilltop, I think that he knows that she had something to do with it and that she knows more, and it's almost like, can I intimidate you into the point where you just confess, maybe?
0: But to what end? That's what I want to know.
2: To find these guns.
0: Is it to find the guns?
2: No, well, maybe not, maybe not the guns per se, but to find out, like, where these people are that have obviously, like, where these people are that have killed all these soldiers, and just to get a bigger picture of what's actually happened and gone down.
0: Do you think he even cares about the soldiers?
2: I don't think he cares about them in the sense of their lives, but, like, Almost like the principle of the matter to protect his ego.
0: The principle. See, that's okay. I had feelings about that too, right? The principle of the matter, his pride, his ego. I'm going to strong army. I'm going to put you in a headlock to join the Commonwealth, maybe. Or not. And I kill you because that's apparently what he's proposing to Leah Shaw in the next episode.
1: Well, I think, I think he cares a, a, not about the soldiers themselves, but about the fact that every time he loses more, he potentially is closer and closer to being caught by Pamela.
0: Which brings me to my next question, which is something I also thought of, because Maggie being alive, also Aaron, Gabe, and Daryl Dixon, those people are alive, those people are witnesses, two at least are witnesses to this crime, this, I keep thinking crime, but it's it's more of a massacre on both sides. So the more soldiers he loses, the more witnesses he has, Maggie, who refused him, is also, if she is involved, and he knows, let's give him a little credit, he knows She's somehow involved. These are all people who are liabilities to him, can expose him. They don't know everything, but they know something. And they're just, they're going to cause trouble.
3: They haven't said anything yet, but as soon as Carol found out, the first thing she did was go blab to everybody. They were talking about the people that were killed in the house. uh, Connie and, and Kelly... And I forget who they were in the room with. And they were showing them the list. That's them already talking. Like, everybody in our group is telling everybody in our group and other people about what's happening. Even if it's not just Lance.
0: Carol does interact with Ezekiel, but she doesn't really tell him exactly what's going on. She does allude to the fact that there's a side... She. It's hard for her. It's hard for her. To, and I like this. I like this tension. And she's like, I'm finding it hard to hold back not lying to Zeke. Like, oh, there's this... Another job that I have that's... You know when I'm trying to fix things and... Things are wrong, and I wish things were better. And yeah, so like you, you can feel her want to say something, but she just can't. But I don't think she actually says anything or delivers the details. Meanwhile, I write in my notes: Carol is the cornerstone to blowing this whole, this whole thing wide open. She doesn't know about the list per se, but she knows that Lance is behind it. And if Lance is behind it, and it and it's let me explain the scenario I said last time: if the whole point of this whole thing is Lance sets up Sebastian or at least backs Sebastian's play in order to have something on him so that Pamela doesn't win the next election which he did speak with her about in one of the episodes one of the prior episodes oh it's it's totally just your discretion you know I'm I'm behind you 100% you know for the next election you know and she and he wants to be the people's hero essentially then of course he will help Sebastian create a list of names of people at least in recent memory, that went to this house to get more money for Sebastian, to indict Sebastian as well as Pamela. So if Carol were to divulge her part of the evidence that she knows about, it just blows the whole thing wide open. It, it exposes the, the rotten core for what it is or who it is.
2: At this point, though, do we not feel like Lance being a bad guy is kind of like an open secret? Like everyone knows it, just no one, no one's, addressing it out of like fear of the consequences that's a tough one at least amongst our group well and mercer
1: and maxine very clearly know because
2: yeah. there's the whole like scene i don't know how when eugene how... shares
1: it with her she's like well way to bury the lead like if i'd known it was about this guy like if it was about this family so they all kind of know that everybody in charge is like corrupt in some way i would guess at least anybody who's higher up in something knows that maybe not like the people who work at the bakery or whatever but not carol but like you know regular everyday workers but if you
2: think about it like even connie's boss was like no just just write a good article about pamela about like after the whole uh resist the commonwealth thing so like i feel like it's just like an open secret like everybody knows it's corrupt everybody knows that the people in power are dicks nobody's addressing it
0: which goes to the point of what carol says it's the hope that kills you Well, this is the answer to what the hope... It's the hope that kills you. Is everybody all at once, all together now, doesn't sing. Doesn't sing in the chorus. Meaning, like, if everybody thinks that it's the hope that kills you, of course, everybody's going to shovel all the shit that comes their way. It's like Ezekiel
3: says, why upset the apple cart that's keeping you safe?
1: And um, Mercer says that thing about, isn't it better to have this? Like the way the world was, warts and all.
2: Yeah, and he says about the whole, I've got 50... Thousand other people to protect.
0: That was a big line. Yeah, you're right, but let's follow what you're thinking to its natural conclusion.
1: So essentially everyone in this episode, all these different groups at some point stated, yeah, we know, it's not, it's not perfect. It's messed up.
0: The system as it stands is not only not perfect, it's just bad. It's just a bad framework, which allowed Lance to wheedle through it, which actually begs the question, okay, is the open secret that the Miltons are in charge of a system that doesn't work? Because we. I think that system is credited to Pamela's father and is tied to Pamela's father. Or is it that the people, because what the people don't know is Lance. It works in Lance's favor that the people don't know and recognize everything that he's done because the system is broken. Because the question is really, who is the bigger problem here? Is it the Miltons and the system? And maybe maybe my framing is all wrong. Is it the Miltons in the, in the system, or is it Lance Hornsby? It, oh, my God. To, to make a comparison, I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this. Please cancel me. Please. Okay. Cancel me in advance. <laughs> but is Lance Hornsby, like, the the Donald Trump of, of the zombie apocalypse, where he's just the natural conclusion to a broken system, or... Is it the system itself, which is typically backed by mainstream? I'm not going to name a name, but like the, the politicians and, and the things that were the things that the shit that we're used to shoveling, right? So what's worse? Is it Lance Hornsby? And I'm just talking about Lance Hornsby now. So please don't cancel me any more than you already have just now. Because I, I don't want to talk about the actual things that he's done or not done or who he is or whatnot. I want to talk about Lance Hornsby. Because from our analysis, we've concluded that Lance Hornsby is the one that actually can get things done in this kind of system. It's something that we can't deny, but what's worse? The system that caused the Lance Hornsby to exist or Lance Hornsby. And you could even say there's a kind of mirror to Mercer in a way. Mercer not grabbing the ring of power. <laughs> I mean, you could see that in this episode. He's like, I, he does, first of all, he doesn't acknowledge that the people love him or he doesn't feel that or he doesn't recognize that power. But the moment that he, he exercised that power or that walking dead universe, is the self that you were meant to be. It scared the fuck out of him. Like, oh, I can do anything. I can do anything. That's frightening. That's not how I was raised. And yet I feel like I could do it again because The Walking Dead, this is The Walking Dead formula. This is The Walking Dead makes you the libertarian's wet dream, the absolute freedom. Like there are no consequences. There's nobody telling you what you're doing is wrong. That's scary. But let's go back to Lance. What is better? Is it the Miltons? What's worse? The Miltons in their system or is it Lance Hornsby? The person who is the answer to that system that makes things keep continue working.
2: It's it's got to be a, a mixture of the two, because without the flawed system, you can't produce Lance. Without Lance, you can't
0: uphold the system.
2: Yeah, they're just like working hand in hand to like in a negative way.
0: But, but the question now then is, what came first, and how do you solve this? Right, this is it's a mess, and it kind of goes to Mercer's point. I've got fifty, I got fifty thousand other people to think of, and he's not wrong. Like, what is the natural conclusion to kind of indicting Sebastian in all this? Okay, the figureheads that represent the system are not trusted. How do we trust this system? People would revolt. It's not what we want. Society's fragile. Or this society, at least. Ooh, this is why I hate this episode. Uh, in just in these terms, because it's like, ooh, this is very delicate.
2: Yeah, but this is why I love this episode.
0: I, I like it too, but like, it's hard to talk about, to navigate. Like, I, I don't like doing hard
2: Mm.
3: i think lance was already a sneaky snake and this system just allowed him to blossom let's say because he could take the reins and do things and unlike previous society it's not as easy to get caught there's no oversight committee watching everything he does like he pretty much has free underhanded reign he just has more agency to let that loose now let his Lance flag
0: fly. <laughs> it sounds so dirty. <laughs> I, I will say, though, well, let's let's take Lance to his natural conclusion. A lot of what we said in prior episodes were like, well, what would be so bad if Lance was in charge? My gut feeling is, and now my gut feeling is an asshole, my gut feeling says, unlike Mercer, I think when, pre- when presented with absolute power, it would corrupt him absolutely. And the people would mo- most likely be stuck with him. Now, I think the people act as a check to rein him in, in some ways. But because Lance is a byproduct of a system that is broken, and he's so intimately aware of that system and how it works, I think he would have the ability to delegate more corruption. He would invite his own cronies to ex- exercise some of the things he would he was only able to do in the shadows. and then, And then maybe we would have the system that we had before you know, like, resembling kind of what we had before, where it's an open secret, everybody, that politicians are shitbags. You know, like, we would ac- we would continue accepting the shit that is shoveled our way, in a sense. And I'm not saying that's exactly how it is now. I'm trying not to, at least. <laughs> I'm trying to be fair. But I, I know, ja- don't look at me like that, Jasmine. You know what I really feel, but I'm trying to be fair-minded. But... <laughs> but what would it mean like it carol really really voices what everybody is saying she she says out loud what people are thinking inside their head you know this is the best it's ever going to be <laughs> this is the be- and uh, and are they wrong this is the best case scenario in the walking dead universe compare that to even the civic republic in some senses civic republic is a little a little scary in my book consignments and at least this system resembles freedom do you know those waters that are flavored with with a uh, the taste of blueberry or the, t- the taste of lime. That's, you know, that's the Commonwealth. <laughs> like, like, but it's water. <laughs> it's, it'll sustain me. <laughs> you know, it's not, a, it's not a cool, refreshing soda, Jasmine, but <laughs> it's, it's still drinkable. I, I, it's still liquid. I mean,
2: I definitely think that perhaps people that aren't being put in the same positions as like Daryl and Rosita and aren't actively witnessing the corruption, say Princess, for example... She's just She just goes to work, you know, she goes home, she has a boyfriend, she, you know, she's happy, she's safe. For some people, that's, like, all they're going to need. But for others, when they're, like... For most know, people, like, maybe, right? Yeah, for most people, but then it's... For, yeah, for the vast majority of people, this system works. But it's for people like Aaron and Gabe that got put in a difficult situation by Lance. Or people that Sebastian uh, uses for his own gain... Or people that get unlucky and end up in poverty through no fault of their own. It's a, it's a horrible system that doesn't work. It works for a lot of people, but it's not a one-size-fits-all.
0: And is anything, really, right? Is any system a one-size-fits-all? Which kind of makes you... I, and I have to just say this out loud, just to say it. It kind of makes you a little bit grateful, in a sense. I mean, for all its warts, the system has people in it that believe in it enough to either do their own thing and give charitably or create organizations that are charitable, or that we have a system or a framework with checks and balances and people who give a shit enough to make sure that the system doesn't collapse. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I kind of like being in this podcasting space for the last four, almost four and a half years has made me really appreciate that a, a lot. As much as, as much of a, I'm going to say this out loud as much of a kind of like pseudo libertarian. I am, and I can afford to be one. like I mentioned that the Dead universe is kind of like this this absolute libertarian's wet dream. but libertarians do believe in the constitution they they believe in a framework, you know i'm not an, I'm not an anarchist here, folks, <laughs> but I can have I can be that way because or I can advocate for less government or whatever and I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of the goods on me but I can advocate for less government in most things because there is one because <laughs> there's two or there's too much of it or or there is a framework by which or an ideal by which we can look toward and say that that that's pretty cool that's I can I can get behind that but you know get out of my living room or something, something like that but <laughs> but that's the thing I have the luxury I have the luxury of that these people don't you know and and that's that's a little... Fr- like, imagine that the bedrock of your society has been swiped out from underneath you. There's no reason to advocate for that anymore.
2: But imagine they could have this system without corruption and with the ability to progress from the position that you're in.
0: You know, that's, that, that's a good point, but I have to bring in what the Walking Dead universe is. Imagine you had no rules... And you had to like literally be the pillar th- that most people would have to be the pillar by which they would be able to look to each other and force the rules. Like everybody is responsible for everybody else or at least oh, yeah. believes in something enough.
2: But that's that's what they had at Alexandria before the Whisperers.
0: And yet it fell too. Right. And that's
2: from an, ex- from an external force.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And yet this is right. And then the Commonwealth persists. That's the interesting thing. Like, is it is that even fair, right? Like, we want to think that karma is a thing and that if we put enough good out in the universe and that good should be reflected back. No, at least not in the Walking Dead universe, right? Because these our Alexandrians are 100% good people. Okay, fine. With Negan, 98%. That's kind of a, a big slice off of Negan right there. But, like, they deserve it. And yet, I, I, you look at the Commonwealth, what did they do, right? I mean, they just believed in something, though. They said that it's the hope that kills you. I mean, this system is doable and clearly lasted the test of time.
2: I'm not sure that people actually believe in the system as such. I feel like they accept it because they're safe and because they have comfort.
0: But then then isn't it that they believe it enough to to go along with it? That's enough. Yeah, that's enough with it. That's enough.
2: Yeah,
0: honestly, it is kind of like us, though. We we believe enough to get along, to, to move along, to be honest. But and that's fine. That that should be acceptable. Why? Why is that wrong? I, I look at Tommy and Tommy kind of articulates it. And he's a, like, I look at him this episode, and I look at him like just afraid. And that is a sign of like a, a broken framework. Oh, yeah, I see that the windows needs need to be fixed. I see the framing of this house needs to be fixed. <laughs> the roof is is threatening to collapse. And I see Tommy covering his head, you know, duck and cover like it's he knows it could fall on him anytime. And it, when it does fall, it's going to fall hard. Which kind of personifies what the system is, actually is it's it's all enforcement, the Miltons are in charge you know we don't we don't really know what we're doing <laughs> we're We're just believing in a system because that that's what worked, and kind of like Mercer says like I held it together for so long just so that we can make it to this point, but maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I upheld a system that really wasn't meant to meant to be meant to survive, and yet it worked, and yet it's no longer working or. I can't handle it anymore, or I can't be the one that people look up to. And maybe, and again, not recognizing the power that he da- that he has, but maybe to Mercer's point, they look to him as in his actions. They look to him at, as this ideal of like, oh, this is what I could be, or this is how it could be as long as people like him are in charge. Maybe we can make a go of it. Like maybe we'll be okay if Mercer's at the top, if Mercer's the one protecting us. And sometimes, and right, maybe that's more than enough to have somebody like that have our back, but... He's still a human being and he still has needs and he still has a conscience. When the bell is rung, you cannot ring it. And now he's wondering to himself, like, what other horrible things have I been tasked to do that I didn't know I did Too probably something I said in the last episode.
1: I'm just going to go out here. okay? so I I probably closest closest thing that I can identify to is is libertarian
0: myself. You mean safely? (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe.
1: (laughs) I mean, whatever. So I'm I'm very big on like state government over federal government, less federal involvement, states' rights, like that's my jam, right? So I feel like if I don't agree with somewhere, I should be able to move to a different state where I do agree with what what they what they do there. That's my personal opinion. Now, that's not how the United States works, so um, we have I mean, a lot of federal government, but yeah, yeah we but do. that's those are my personal ideals. It, it ties in a lot with I think Christianity um, and the idea that like the world is never going to be perfect because that's this isn't meant to be my permanent home or world. So I can be very nihilistic about this kind of stuff. Like when you're talking about this, or <laughs> like, cynical, right? Yeah, like you know this whole like well, you know you want to work together to make the world a better place. Like I don't care. I mean I'm not going to be like I'm not going to be a shit bag. <laughs> like I believe that you should I'm like, not gonna be a
0: jerk about it you but... should
1: put good out in the world because that's what I want in return but you know it's like it's never gonna be perfect I, there's always gonna be people that screw that up I mean and that in this show just exemplifies that so well that like put in difficult situations people are selfish and and shitty and this is how they can act I don't know so which makes
0: me look at Mercer too like oh nope there's there's no check there's no Nobody that's going to tell me I'm wrong. There's there's no god, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go there, right? Cuz I'm bothered by the fact that nobody stopped me. Like that nobody nobody stopped me from killing my two soldiers. Like that killing is wrong inherently, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, I he's definitely going through some sort of psychological, you know, kind of journey here trying to figure out like how do I justify what I did so that I can still live with myself, but also like can I even justify because I know deep down what's right and what's wrong and I know that what I did was wrong I killed two men in cold blood because of what they had done what I was angry about so I get where I get where he's kind of disassociating from everyone I I didn't love his interaction with princess at the beginning of the episode it, I mean I, I get where he' was uncomfortable. Com- I get where he was coming from but yeah it is uncomfortable and honestly it was realistic you know I'm married and I've I've been in relationships before my marriage and and sometimes those conversations do go that way. And it hurts. And I I love that they showcased like how she was so like done in that moment. And she just rolled over and was like, this guy, I'm so unhappy in this moment, in this situation. That's realistic writing.
0: And even his like almost like immature response to her concern, that's realistic too. Yeah. You have to kind of look at it from both sides.
1: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. And I I mean, I love that he went back later in the episode and apologized because he is a good guy. So I'm glad yeah, that even if he
0: doesn't that. know exactly what to say hand in hat here. <laughs> it's, like, it's not me. It's not how, how I want things to go down, but he did. But he, I think he's even shown that like, I don't, I don't know that he's ever had like a, like a mature relationship or like a, an actual relationship. Oh, I'm down to fuck. But, like, <laughs> I've had a lot of sex. I think they're both saying exactly what their relationships kind of look like. Like, uh, they're mostly sexual. There's no hope for attachment. Like, especially post-apocalypse.
1: Well, you have to think, like, time frame-wise, right? They're all what? And I would say, like, Princess and and Mercer are, like, in their 30s. Is that, like, our guess?
0: I think there's definitely an age. What do you guys think? Do you think there's, like, an age difference between the two and how big? Uh, What do you think, Jasmine?
2: I'd say the age is probably pretty similar.
0: You think? Okay.
2: Yeah, probably, like, uh, like 30s for both of them.
1: Yeah, early 30s. So how many years into the apocalypse
0: are we, technically? 12. Technically yeah. twelve.
1: Twelve, so right, and I, I'm I'm thirty five. Yeah. So like, let me let me travel back.
0: I think Michael James Shaw is way older though, isn't he? Let me
1: let me travel yeah, back. Well, let's say like, let's say he's closer to forty. Okay, let's sure. Let's let's, let's be
0: charitable and, be like, okay, and say mine. he's closer to forty.
1: Fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me travel back to my early twenties and how were my relationships at that point? Like. They weren't. They weren't serious. And like, for some people, they, you know, some people do get serious early, and and like, good for them. But like, I was an uh, absolute mess, a disaster. And honestly, I relate to Princess in the fact that like, I feel like she's kind of that same way. Like, you know, you don't always have to have it together, and I, I think that's fine. So, I, mean, I think it's entirely likely that pre-apocalypse, there is no way that they had like serious, meaningful. Like committed relationships, probably not. Like maybe on a maybe on a high school level, but
0: well, then with all of Princess's... I'm trying to put this delicately, like or like properly, but like she has she has some issues, like uh, anxiety and, and ADHD and, and and all those things that might hamper a, a relationship mm-hmm. too. And you know, and daddy a,
1: issues a... and yep, it's like it's like there's so much of my personality that's that's in that.
2: I mean, I was just gonna say that like I'm nearly 20. I am not doing any serious relationship things, so I can see how Princess would also be in the same place.
3: I think that they both acted very maturely, though, in the the moment. I mean, they could have exploded into a huge screaming argument, but instead they were both like, okay, you know, Prince was like, okay, I'll just step back a minute and let him figure out what he needs to figure out and think what he needs to think. And then, you know, they worked it out. She could have been a bitch when he came back to apologize and, and been all snotty about it, but she wasn't. So I think that they were very immature maybe when the apocalypse started, but 12 years in the apocalypse will tend to mature you, usually.
0: And I kind of think Michael Mercer, at least post-apocalyptically, kind of just didn't leave room for himself. He, I mean, he made room for himself in terms of working on his body, but he didn't <laughs> leave room, room enough for himself to actually have what would be considered a, an actual relationship. Yeah, I but think he was. You also, I think it was DTF, but
2: the gym thing but, could definitely be escapism,
0: or I mean, or a way to work out his frustrations. You know, to yeah. channel his frustrations, right, channel right, right.
2: Channel his frustrations.
0: Yeah. But it's not. You know, the center cannot hold. <laughs> like you could see him. He's like, I just can't grind killing two of my men out of me. But man, was it fun to watch. <laughs> Even for yeah. me, can I'm I gonna also say like
2: it. Point out, like, like he's just like the only person that hits the gym in the Commonwealth. Like there was no one else there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like his fortress of solitude, of (laughs) grey solitude. Ooh, thank goodness. Like, can we just focus on this one man for one second? (laughs) It's insane.
2: So when they, you know, when they were like in the woods, like, you know, when they saw Leah, I love how they have like bright fucking white armor on. Like, like they're not going to get spotted.
0: Like, oh, they might as, their red lines might as well be a target to all the vital parts.
2: Exactly. (laughs) the, The Commonwealth armor. I mean, it might be like a good material or something, but like. It is stupid to have it a bright white <laughs> for any tactical purposes.
3: Apparently, the armor oh. Oh. is made out of Jesus. impenetrable
0: material. Right, as we discussed in the last episode. Yeah, but episode. could they
2: have not painted the impenetrable material like <laughs> black? Yeah, right. Or green or something, you know?
3: Have they not heard of camouflage? Yeah, I think
0: that's the that's the irony though. Like, because I don't, I I think the whole reason behind their outfit is 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 the irony of like, okay, the only thing we need to worry about are walkers, right? Because it's the Commonwealth. Like we're establishing the world order, not the yeah, new well, the, world order. The, tell, the tell old world order. All the,
2: tell that to all the soldiers that got killed by Leah.
0: But they see that's the problem. They don't. They're like, we're fine. You know, we're what? What's there to worry about? We have the walls. We have this is the society is all about what happens within our walls, not outside our walls. They think. They think. I think they really do think that the world outside has been taken care of by the dead for the most part, and that nobody would be stupid enough to like hit them so their armor is more of like this is how yeah, it is no the no way one, the world works
2: maybe no one's stupid enough to hit them in terms of inside their walls but if people are wandering around with carts fulls of carts fulls of guns down the street I mean people are gonna hit that
0: <laughs> like Michael James Shaw <laughs> oh, to their peril <sighs> I think that their whole thing is, is probably like might makes right. Like that, that we're unstoppable. Like, it's not like the Civic Republic military where they're really, they really are trying to be careful. Like, okay, there definitely are people out there. We don't want them to know we exist even for a second. It's two different philosophies here. Like, here I am, like the Commonwealth is kind of like, almost like, here's my big dick, watch out for it. And the Civic Republic's like, well, I have a big dick too, but you'll, but the fact that you even heard me say that means you're dead. (laughs) Sorry to put it in quite crass way, but. I mean, True. (laughs) <laughs> if the cop I love.
2: I love that Bridget came back to that with no um, context, though. <laughs>
1: Just big dick no. energy. That's
0: all. I... <laughs> Coming out this big dick energy, <laughs> and they're not wrong. They're not wrong per se, you know. But they never met Leah before, too.
3: A-, a question I've been thinking: Is it human nature that creates this kind of society? Because they had the opportunity with the apocalypse, to kind of do a reboot and build their own society that they wanted, and yet they immediately reverted back to the top-heavy, basically, what, serfdom, peasantry. So is that, like, the go-to for humanity? Or they can't think outside the box? I mean, both societies that have succeeded, apparently, are basically the same. Only one is military top-heavy, and the other one is what politician top-heavy, I guess. Or rich people top-heavy. So, I'm just wondering if that's, like, the way it's always gonna go is that the way it's always gonna be, or is there potential for something different?
2: Me and Aiden discussed this one in the Discord actually. Basically, what we kind of decided was that the people that are in charge were benefited by the system in the old world, so of course they're gonna they're gonna want to rebuild the same system that they know will benefit them, and then also like the prospect of sometimes it's easier just to to do something you're familiar with than to actually think outside the box.
0: Or I might as well bring this up now. <laughs> Bridget, hold me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> into territory. I can't, I can't help from not going. It's very easy for... I hate, I, I, I'm almost like regretful putting it this way. It's very easy for somebody who's younger to not understand why something works. And I'll say this because I'm speaking for myself 20 years ago or 30, even, even, sorry, even 10 years ago. There's a certain ancient wisdom that has evolved and persisted throughout time because it, because it works. It just works. Now, this type of system, even though it's a bit, it, and we can all admit, this type of system like the Commonwealth, and maybe like the C- the Civic Republic is what Charity was talking, alluding to, they resemble, at least, systems that work. A generally sort of pseudo-capitalistic meritocratic, you know, there's a system of rewards and payments and, you know, like, okay, I, I give you a service. I am compensated in some way, or at least bartered for, right? These systems tend to work. Why do they survive? You can even see like China is evolving in some certain senses to a system of capitalism, or at least some sort of meritocratic system, even though there are these haunts and authorities of, of communism in the, in the backdrop. And yet they're they're somehow moving into the space of capitalism.
2: Right, but can we appreciate that there's actually, in certain countries, there is more socialist societies, and they do work, they have lower mortality rates, lower suicide rates, higher general happiness rates, than these countries that are authoritarian, or these extreme versions of capitalism, like the US?
0: I would say that they only exist because capitalism is present, otherwise it would not.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm saying these extreme forms of capitalism, like in the US, where it's like... Literally, if you can't afford, if you get unlucky or you need medical care, you're just fucked. Whereas other countries have systems in place that are more socialist that mean if you do need surgery for whatever reason, you will actually be able to get it without putting yourself into masses of debt.
0: Things like that go according to, they tend to go according to cultural values. The interesting thing about the United States is that it was built upon a system of Split. Liberty. Well, yes, in some, in some respects, and I don't, again, I don't want to wade too far in these waters because everybody seems to have an opinion like assholes. But in, in terms of the ideal, the, the system is built on liberty. Let's take the original question that was asked, which was, why do these systems seem to exist? Well, the United States is, is a sort of experiment in taking all the ancient wisdom, and you're talking about cu- coupling that with first principles that were developed from the Magna Carta on. So you have this experiment, this, this humongous experiment. Let's take all these good ideas and ancient ideas and let's bring them to this quote unquote new world. I know uh, Native Americans, but okay, we have the opportunity here to, and no system and no country wasn't built without bloodshed, but we have the opportunity here now not that the road's been paved to do it right. And yet they still used like a capitalist framework They still use it because it works.
2: I'm not saying that a capitalist framework doesn't work. I'm saying that there needs to be more than just a capitalist framework. You can't just solely have
0: Oh, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying otherwise.
2: But that's what the Commonwealth is.
0: But what is the common denominator? That's the system that works. Now, again, we've all said it. No system is perfect. Everybody has the right to experiment, or every country has the right to experiment their version of what they think is right but that's not what i want to talk about now i want to wade even deeper into stupid fuck waters because what I, what mercer is basically embodying his struggle is getting me in so much trouble his struggle is basically an argument for conservatism
2: I'll explain that
0: i'm gonna to have to and i want to preface this by saying no political philosophy when taken to their extreme clearly libertarianism because take libertarian even taken to it is extreme Or like an extreme version of it is anarchy, right? Is chaos. But most libertarians don't believe in chaos. In fact, they believe quite the opposite, which is very interesting, but diverse. So when I say conservatism, I'm talking about just the political philosophy. Let's preserve what was. And part of what was are things like military structures, hierarchies, uh, constitutions, the old rules. Let's not be so ready to get rid of things because what happens when you do? Mercer kills two of his soldiers. If he hadn't, you know, if he had just stayed within his lane of, and he even admits this, if I would have just stayed within my lane, I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't have had to unring that bell, you know, like, you know, and, but I saw it for what it was. You, Maxine even says it, it is what it is. I may not even be ready for this, but now that I know about it, I have a responsibility. I can either look the other way and pretend everything is, is normal, but now that I see the cracks, it's like hearing the faucet drip. Most of the times you don't hear it. It just blends into the background noise of the day. But once you start hearing it, you're like, fuck, <laughs> this is driving me insane. But what so what do I mean by conservatism? Is It's it's essentially what he's saying is, my parents taught me a certain way to be a certain way. They gave me a, a framework with, within which I operate in the world. But the second I figure out that this framework doesn't exist, at least in this zombie apocalypse, I shot two of my guys and I, I knew I wouldn't be punished for it. I, I need rules. I need, I need that framework. Or at least I need somebody to help me exist within that framework. Because nobody, if there is no God, if there's no real rules, what's keeping me tethered? It's a very interesting thing to think about. Again, is making an argument for conservatism. To conserve and preserve the old ways, in a sense. Yeah,
2: but at the same time, if they had a better society yes. then mercer may have never been been put in that position in the first place where he would have to question his morals because sebastian wouldn't have all of that power to do all of that bad yeah cetera, I, I, cetera, don't cetera, I don't it's disagree it's like a it's like a perpetual cycle
0: yeah the problem with all of this is that the arguments that you and aiden have had are very very interesting ones because i'm sure there are many many communities that have tried to do to reinvent the wheel or try to at least resemble in some altruistic way the old system without all the problems. (laughs) I mean, more barterous, socialistic societies that act, try to act more like utopias. However, they all seem to fall. (laughs) Why? We don't know. But like, clearly... there's There's
2: plenty of examples worldwide currently of countries that exist with socialism and capitalism simultaneously right right uh, that work and are much better than the societies that we have in the uk or the u.s or the commonwealth
0: disagree on the u.s but let's move on
2: (laughs) Uh, well i was gonna say just going back to the show and not and
1: not real life examples well i guess it kind of ties in right so we were just talking about idiocracy the other day on the discord right so uh, and i agree (laughs) very close to a documentary nowadays the main point of that is that people are dumb And I think we've seen like the general populace can be kind of dumb. We've seen it. We saw it through the pandemic. There's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of not thinking about other people. It's only thinking about myself. How am I gonna get myself through this? That's the one part of this show that's always been consistent, is given an opportunity for the world, for to have a clean slate. The world no longer cares about who you used to be. There are still shit bags because people (laughs) are shit bags. And right. they're stupid and they're selfish. And so that's how we end up where we end up. Now, do I think to Sharon d's question? So the way a commonwealth succeeds, the way the CR the CR succeeds, is because they have charismatic people as leaders who can go in and say, Hey, let's do this thing. And so essentially someone at the at the center had to be charismatic to be able to pull people in, very much like a politician, pull people in, make them believe, let's go back to the way things work. And people being selfish and scared, and dumb, and used to what they're used to, will go yes, please, give me my ice cream, and I will do work for very little money because it's easy. In my opinion, that's how it ends up happening. That's how that ends up succeeding. You've got outliers like our group who created a society of their own that obviously is more like about bartering and sharing, and and you know, kind of like a commune type world where. You know, many of us make the decisions and it's not just one person in charge. And I think that they could do that, but everything keeps getting interrupted by people who are shitbags be- want what they have.
0: <laughs> it's hard for me to say that people are dumb. I, I, just, I just tend to feel like people have different values. Yes, 100% on the selfish, we're secretly that way, even though we don't want to admit that we're not that we're that way. We are that way to, through varying degrees, admittedly, but when given the opportunity, Damn, we're all that way.
1: I'm not saying I'm like I'm not a shitbag and that I'm not
3: <laughs> dumb. Like I'm I'm right there with everybody else. I'm a student of history. I read a lot of real, real history, not high school book patriot bullshit history. And if there's one thing history has proven is that given the opportunity, people will almost always do the the thing that benefits them, no matter what, if it's right or wrong. So when people say oh we should and I I don't mean god I don't mean to offend anybody if I say this but we should just have pure freedom and everybody should do whatever they want the problem is people will not do the right thing let's let's go with environmental law you know oh we have to legislate everything and we have to recycle and we have to have all these you know laws about the inner the environment but if you don't people will just pollute everything I mean you You have to legislate something. So you have to make people do things because otherwise they won't do it. Oh, throw trash in the ocean. I don't give a shit here. Boom. While I I wish we could do absolute liberty and everybody could do what they wanted and be free. The problem is people will always do shit to fuck everybody else over. Always.
0: Or at least enough people will do sh- stupid shit to fuck it up for everybody else. And in the end, everybody can agree with that. That's that's why we have so many political philosophies too.
3: My feeling is do whatever the hell you want in your life as long as you're not hurting somebody else. Whatever you want to do, do it if it makes you happy. It's not at the expense of someone else or, or someone else's.
0: The reason why I love looking at all these political philosophies, and maybe we'll just leave it there. I don't know. but And it's something that I've actually learned because as a result of... Examining the show, these shows, there's definitely no one size fits all, and I find that most people are a mix of so many different things to the point where they're contradictory. And I think most people are contradictory when it comes to what they say they believe versus what they actually display or actually believe too. Like I don't think they, I don't think people believe exactly what they say they believe 100% of the time. I think it's more like 20%. But What I like about political philosophies, you can make a good case for every single one of them, every single one of them, because I'm going to take conservatism for an example, like conservatism means that we preserve the rules and the ideals as they were, and that we get our moral framework from a higher power, let's say. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but in most cases, it is that, and that we rely on that to guide our principles, like the outside of the government thing to guide our principles. And I I think that's kind of beautiful. But like Sharon, said, when left to to your own devices, it's possible that like people act out of their own self-interest and don't use that belief as that guiding principle, that external belief, the thing that God that they choose or gods they choose to worship or spaghetti monster or whatever. Right. So then libertarians aren't right either, which is why I say that they're probably the most, most diverse in thought, because everybody has a guiding principle that guides them that's very much different. Also, the, the flavors of libertarianism are vast. You've got left-leaning social libertarians, you've got conservative libertarians too, that you know use God as a thing. But the basic tenet is okay, like I'm free to do whatever I I want to do as a human being on this in this country. Just don't impinge on other people's liberty. Don't non-aggression principle, all that stuff. But that at its is extreme is anarchy, which is kind of like what resembles the Walking Dead universe. But like who puts where are the guardrails? Where where's the system of government? It's not there. So your libertarianism is not going to work. There's no framework. It's it's gone. You can't be one. Next, and then there are people who advocate for too much government. But if you advocate for too much government, a type of government that kind of runs your day-to-day life, well, you have something that kind of resembles a little bit more of what these communities are. Like, okay, if government is everything, we're always afraid of misstepping. Or, or this wonky framework. And of course, nobody's saying that a system of government that, that runs your life, that generally like kind of runs the day-to-day of everything that you do or supports all your endeavors is, is, is a terrible one. But if they are entrenched and Lance is entrenched in most of the day-to-day dealings of the Commonwealth, well, then that doesn't sound great at all. Because clearly there's a list of people... That he has that is basically supporting these higher up people that are in government that create all the rules. And that's a problem. And that's not It's not an easy thing to beat. I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that once a law is created, it's hard to dial back. It's hard to get rid of laws that are already in place, which is kind of like why. There are other philosophies that say, "Let's can we not do more laws? Can we maybe not, please? Because once you put something in place, we don't know what the consequences are. And it's hard to remove. Everybody is kind of right because everybody wants, and this is the thing that I've learned from the show, everybody wants what's best for everybody, which is why I hold back from saying most people are stupid which is why I hold back from being so cynical, Bridget.
1: I'm but,
0: sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry cuz I need I'm sorry. Your,
1: I honestly I need don't your mean, perspective. I don't mean to offend like anyone that's listening by any means. I'm sure you're all very kind people. But, but people are stupid. I was just going based on what Sheridany said, essentially like history has shown people are shitbags.
0: Which is what Mercer is afraid of, which is why it's easy for me to go back now, because we're, that's what Mercer is essentially afraid of. If I grab the ring, who's to say I've already done it? Who's to say that I won't be just as bad, right? He can't see himself for who he is, except for Max, except Max can. And I like that. That's, that was such a sweet, typical brother-sister moment. You know what you're talking about. Like, first of all, like the razzing, the egging on, the kind of like, well, I just, I seem to remember a little girl who got caught playing on the little radio with her, with her geek friend. You know, I bailed her ass out like a big brother does, Michael Mercer. So Eugene
1: is a geek, so that's they're both (laughs) geeks. They're both geeks.
0: That was kind of like the one, the biggest bright spot. Well, okay, aside from like the Zeke stuff. Oh man, but like Mercer being this layered, incredible person, he has his flaws. But they're not that many. <laughs> but, but but I can't see them. But but, but I just sure, it's the there's, light. there's so much light coming out of your Mercer. <laughs> just saying, Dave. Dave is
2: not even listening to what Mercer is saying. He's just, I'm not he's even just, listening to what I'm saying. At
0: Mercer, I'm I'm cursing the fact that I said he was flawed. Ugh, how dare I betray his Adonis figure? Anyway, so but the fact that he can make mistakes and not know exactly how to treat princess that jerk how dare he it's cool like he's not all like captain america you know like captain commonwealth (laughs) it's endearing it makes me love him more
1: well humans are flawed and the show has always been really good about showcasing
3: that i have never been so anxious about a car starting that was not my car oh my god i know I, I, I wish I had gotten Dennis to watch this scene so he could give us his mechanics. He would have been like, nah, that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit. That's stupid. He does it every time there's something mechanical going on.
0: Alright, so <laughs> Maybe you don't wish. Maybe you don't wish. <laughs> He'd ruin it for you.
3: Obviously, they disabled something else. Mr. Gearhead only saw the one thing that was disconnected. Maybe they did that as a, um, oh, look, he'll get in there and see this thing disconnected and think that's it or whatever. So
1: I was really nervous about it during um, the... First watch it's like one of the only things I remember about watching it the first time was that that moment and how Maggie looked so like fraught with worry but I thought about it after and I was like well of course they did something else to make sure that the truck wasn't running because they talked at the end of the last episode about how well someone's gonna have to take these people in and obviously the commonwealth is gonna know something's up and so like obviously they prepared for this but i don't know why i was so nervous the whole time like lance is gonna find something it's gonna ruin everything like i was so i was so
0: nervous you know it's funny like why why were we so nervous because i think mostly because we thought lance was pretty is pretty savvy smart He's just entrenched everywhere. And I don't blame him for not knowing.
1: But he made a real ass out of himself in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: He just kept assuming things like left and right.
0: He
3: thinks if he does A, B, and C, then D is naturally going to fall into line. He thinks he knows our group, but obviously Daryl is not on his side in any way, shape, or form. And I think he's making it pretty fucking clear throughout the episode that he is not on Lance's side. But yet Lance is still using him. Like he thinks Daryl's just gonna eventually fall in line or something. I don't. I don't understand what's going on there. Well, he said that about about
1: Aaron and Gabe too.
0: You know, to maybe articulate further what Rachel's saying is, he thinks the because it goes to our conver- our bigger conversation. Okay, maybe like a libertarian thinks there's a framework in place so we can do whatever we want, or like, or that we can exist in a world that has, is free from rules. No, that's not how that works. Maybe he thinks that this world is built. This world, this world is built on an objective, inherent moral framework, or at least some sort of guiding, intelligent principle. But it's chaos out there, dude. If you try to do two plus two, it's not going to equal four out there. You can't account for everything. Maybe this goes to Gabriel's Sermon. The whole point of that sermon was to illustrate, you know, hey, God, give me all the natural rights that are owed to me so that I can do things on my own. You know, yeah, but I gave that to everybody. So if you just want that, you're going to have to deal with other people. You know, you don't have that whole, you don't have me on your side. But if you look to me for guidance, and if you ask for atonement, if you, and if you devote yourself to serving me, then yeah. Which is illustrating the higher moral framework that we should all tilt towards. You know, the, the idea that if we believe in something bigger than ourselves, because the world out there, you have no control over. You think you do. Son, you think you're in control. You're not. Who says this? And I can't remember exactly who it is. Hell is other people. Hell is other people because you cannot account for them. They all, they too, have free will. the, the The free will to do right and wrong to you. And so that's Lance. Lance is going into the world thinking they abide by a moral framework, or they want something, or they. It's sometimes it's not just about want. Sometimes people want the world to burn, or sometimes people have been out there too long to really trust other people, and you can only trust your immediate family. So like, I will do whatever it takes. It kind of goes to what Lance says to to Toby Carlson. He says, these Hick, or I think, was it to even Pamela? No, he wouldn't say that to Pamela because he wants them to, she, he wants her to think these communities are valuable. He says it to Toby Carlson. He says, these Hick communities. He's like, okay, I, I'm going to tell you what I really think. Or at least what I think about these communities, but they serve my ends, whatever those ends are. I have fucking no idea at this point to make him look good with Pamela, but to what end? What's the point?
3: And I was gonna add that that kind of goes back to him always being inside the walls since the beginning. So he, of course he thinks everything's gonna go his way because that's it has. He hasn't had to have anything go seriously south,
0: right? And for the for the reasons that we all we've all had to witness throughout these uh, these seasons, for absolute anarchy. And no moral framework, no God, no objective moral truth, let's say. The God-given free will and self-startership that everybody uses to get what they want. <laughs> There's no cooperation outside the walls, like there is in the Commonwealth, where people are shoveling the shit that they're given. All hit communities. He, he, That's what he really thinks. These people are all about self-interest. I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. Is he thinks everybody out there is in, maybe, like to to Bridget's mentality... He must think that everybody is stupid. He must think that everybody else is stupid, you know, or self and or self interested.
3: Everybody's willing to compromise their morals when it comes down to it, is what he thinks. Because he is
0: right. Well, yeah, I guess, or maybe that's just the way he is. Like, isn't that he's like thinking? Isn't that the how the world works before and after? What's the difference? What's the difference? That's all he knew. That's why I feel bad for him. But what surprises him at at every turn when he's testing these people? I see him throw Aaron and Gabriel to the wolves, or well, the walkers, as it means to like get rid of them or to test them. Their his their theory of like, oh, I was able to handle myself. All right, if you can handle yourself, here's some walkers. Okay, go at it, have at it. Oh, they can't handle themselves. Okay, maybe I was wrong about them. And yet I I just have a bad feeling about this. Okay, fine. Goes to Maggie. The car won't start. You know, and then because we were just talking about that. And we could say that Maggie was showing the obvious imperfection, thinking two, le- two moves ahead and disconnect something else, let's say, to make the car not work. Let's show the obvious thing that's wrong with the car. Lance is like, oh, you're so stupid. How- it's just the start, you idiot. You dumb hick to community.
3: I, I think <laughs> that he 100% thought that they disconnected that on purpose to try to throw him off. I don't think that he thought they were stupid because of that. I think that they did this
0: they on could purpose. Fool me. Right? They thought they could fool which, me. Which mm-hmm. goes to him thinking they're stupid.
3: All right.
1: All right. So this feels like a real after-school special moment. <laughs> for <me right> now. <laughs> like,
0: like, but no, it's like good. I'm
1: wrong and people are smart.
0: <laughs> no, no, you're definitely so here's the here's the here's where I turn it around, Bridget. You're not wrong, and I don't blame Lance Hornsby at all because it worked for him. He was the smartest guy in the room, but he built, he worked on it. He's like, he figured from being on, at the bottom, knowing what it's like to be around all those stupid people. I'm just kidding.
1: Maybe I shouldn't say, maybe I shouldn't say s- stupid so much as complacent.
0: I think that's accurate too. Like he was not complacent. He was ambitious. But let's but going back to this example. He thinks that, oh, they were just trying to fool me. Like these self-interest, oh, they're trying to get one past me. And yet they did. They did because they showed him the obvious thing. When there was something underneath there the still waters run deep, Maggie down to the hat. Herschel's holding his own with the hat and Lance Hornsby. but there was a frustrating moment on first watch like I love the f- let's can we just say on first watch I felt all these weird things and one of the weird things I felt on first Watch was like I'm like I'm yelling in my head because there's nobody around to hear me right So I'm like, why yell out loud Herschel give him back the hat. Give him back the hat to prove that you're not it's not your hat and yet it's still on his head. It's just like it's like I don't want this from you. I don't want gifts from you. This is not mine. And I'm like, dude, throw throw him off the scent. Make him feel like a complete dumbass. Like oh, a complete idiot. But he doesn't. And I'm like, all right, okay. I'm like, I'm I'm like nervous. Second watch. I'm like, what does it what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Finders keepers, losers weepers, whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? Who cares? Here's Bridget. Does anybody, did anybody have that reaction? Like, Because I feel like a total jerk because like a weirdo because because he didn't give back the hat.
1: No, I didn't even think about it. I like know. I was just so, I was just so worried that he was, because he's a kid. I was worried he was going to be like, I was just helping my mom or like whatever. <laughs> and I was going to be like, you idiot. Like I was so worried about him saying something dumb. I wasn't even thinking about that. My mind
0: was racing well, was- a million miles a second though in that moment
1: too. plus elijah with that like <laughs> like don't touch him like i was like yes <laughs> yes! yes king where has this been <laughs> this is what i want right here actually
0: yeah share to sharon D, like what did you feel about that moment where elijah kind of puts lance against the wall C- compared to like your reaction to josephane like <laughs> oh, I mean, whatever
3: <laughs> like anybody could have done it it's not like it was special was <laughs> <to, to> elijah <laughs> he was just the one that was there <laughs>
0: He was just close by, whatever.
3: I mean, could have been anybody. And he, I don't know if you noticed, but he was making his funky faces like when he was holding Lance yeah, up against it, the wall. It, it you could is. see him from the side. I thought about that. Yeah. That was what I was thinking about. Yeah. He put his hands on her soul! <laughs> <laughs> I
1: loved it. I, I was I was
0: definitely here for it. I had like a, oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but
3: I would have been just as happy with anybody slamming Lance against the wall and, or that it was Elijah right. it didn't mean anything. <laughs>
0: I, you know, I kind of want to go back to just a second before Lance shows his dumb face and not to say just, oh, he's he's next to Glenn's grave. Herschel is like by his father's grave. I'm going to assume, I think, right? Right. It's safe to assume that Herschel was visiting the grave of his father for the first, oh, um, maybe, the first maybe time. Maybe he was
2: visiting Abraham's grave, you know. It could, be, it could be like Enid, where like Enid put the balloons on the wrong grave, you know.
0: <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> they're all nameless. <laughs> who, no, who knows? When you die, you just become part of the, the continuum the of, the of dead people.
3: Go back to the right. earth. See, Teddy was right.
0: Right. You're all the same now. We, we have no special attachments, but no, but let's just say that that's the case. There's a choice that's being made here in this moment that makes my mind race when Lance actually comes up to him. Because I, I'd said something in the last episode about, you know, Herschel's thousand mile stare into Negan's soul. Uh, as maggie's trying to talk to him and have a conversation and you and you guys are obsessed over hugs and i'm like are you not seeing this psychopath look at megan <laughs> it's like do you, do you not know that there's a psychopath herschel waiting to come out <laughs> so when i when i saw that i'm like thinking to myself is he gonna tell on either maggie or negan in this moment because he kind of I- doesn't say anything so you I, saw that too? Okay, can you, uh, my, can you talk my, about
2: that? My my literally my first thought was right. He's going to tell Lance so that he so that Lance will kill Negan or something along those lines. But I
0: was thinking even his mom for a sec because like bitch didn't tell me that this guy was the one that did my daddy right. That yeah, was, uh, it was. I, <laughs> like I, a, I, a I genuinely
2: sack. like I thought we were going to get like a little psychopath Hershel moment. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs>
0: I
3: didn't see that at all. What I saw was Herschel being like, this dude is thinking he can get some shit over on me. This dude. Sure. Yeah, yeah. like, I didn't see any yeah. any any against Maggie or anything. I didn't see anything like that. I just saw him being like, this dude, whatever. Trying to give me a
0: hat? Come on. Better game. No, I, I, I don't disagree. But, like, you know, the fact that he didn't say anything made my mind go everywhere. Because the choice of going from Glenn's grave to this moment... And then we experienced the last episode. And and thank God we get to still watch this show week by week because in your mind you're simmering throughout the week and you're going, Is this the moment? Is was that the moment where he became Psychopath Herschel? Like with the thousand mile thousand mile stare at Negan's brain head where he he (laughs) wants to hit with a gun bullet? Anyway, so I'm glad I'm not alone. But I am also glad that of course it would be more interesting if you turned out to be psychopath Herschel. Sure but I don't want that. I, I don't want uh, yeah. that. Right. See Jasmine, she's on the same page, but at the same, at the same time, ooh, wouldn't that be interesting? But like the fact that, look, and I, his first words to Maggie are, um, he said something bad would happen. He says this in the subtitles, which isn't exactly the truth. First of all, which does tell me that he's pretty fucking smart. It's like he knew exactly what button to press on the Maggie computer. To, to bring out Savage Maggie. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the oh, fuck out of here.
1: I felt like it was more like he knew that that was what Lance was insinuating. Yeah,
0: yeah. But again, smart. Still smart. Which also still makes me worry. It's like, mommy, mommy. This, this guy said he was going to destroy us. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. Uh, thank you for saying that, Jasmine. Thank you for making me feel like I'm not alone in thinking that... I knew the audience might think that, too. You never know. But at the time, I'm just with you guys. All right. So we, I think we've run the gamut on Lance. Let's, maybe let's switch gears to Zeke and the uh, free clinic. Because there's a, a little bit of an interesting yin-yang between Carol and Zeke. We get the opportunity to see Carol deal with the Commonwealth for what it is. But you get to see Zeke somewhat similarly do the same, but for different reasons. So they really are a lot like a yin-yang. Carol deals with the system as it is to benefit from it. Zeke exploits the system or disobeys the system in order to say, yes, I'm a petting zoo owner operator and I am in charge of this free clinic. I'm using the space as a free clinic. So I like to see both of these things working in harmony now because Carol is looking at him and go, how, do you, how did you do the thing that benefits everybody? And I'm doing the thing that just benefits the few. She's looking at him going like, how do you do that? You, you son of a bitch. How do you do that? Why can't I be more like you?" And he goes, "No, no, no, you don't understand. You made what I you made what I'm doing possible. I looked at you. You you started this i this thought process and you actually made it happen. You know, you you helped me take the next step to appendectomies. And and all I had to do was convince a doctor to join the ride. Somebody whom I thought also like just thinking about what he what Tommy did for him must be just all sorts of grateful. But I also think that just kind of like there's a little interesting parallel here or callback to Sadiq's visit to Zeke just before he heads out on the mission. And they have this kind of like moment where Sadiq is basically articulating to Zeke, like, what is this all for, you know, if not to live? If we can't be honest with each other, if we can't be open with each other, you know, if we can't love each other, just tell the truth, you know, <laughs> spill the beans. This life's too short. And then, I don't know, the same episode, Sadiq dies. And so I think what Zeke was kind of doing with Tommy is saying life's too short to be afraid all the time. You got to tell somebody what you're going through. If you're you're fucking ass, dumb sister, whom is incredibly badass, but she's just terrible with him when he's saying the truth, when he's saying that I I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this because it doesn't make me feel happy. Uh, Shut up and do the things. (laughs) Do the Commonwealth things. Zeke figures out that's what's going on here. Like, and I need to help him like Sadiq helped me. Find your truth, Tommy. And so he gives him like, the way that he feels like what he's doing or his talent is rewarded. Like, oh, I get to help everybody now. I get to help people that are in need.
3: Rachel had the thought when um, Zeke comes in and Tommy is sitting at his desk and he really hurriedly puts away the whiskey and the pills. And she said that for just a second, she thought that maybe he was contemplating suicide with oh. the whiskey and the pills. So did any of you feel... feel? I didn't see that myself, but I thought did he either. was just
0: trying to no. make himself feel I better. I thought he
1: was like... Yeah, I thought he was, like, struggling with, like, maybe some substance abuse stuff.
0: To cope, but on See, second so no, watch. I didn't even
1: think that. But now that you say that, that's a really interesting... He's really unhappy.
0: And he, in... and he just lost the patient. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. really brought him down. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. To go from being really happy before his sister shows up. So, like, it, he, you know, can live in this world of, like, delusion that, like, my sister's tough and she's probably out there and she's probably fine. But I get to finally be who I want to be. Because
0: that bitch ain't around. No, I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) Because the apocalypse reset everything. And so I get to be who I want to. To then lose that because your sister comes in and tells everyone what exactly it is that you are capable of doing. And now you're just thrown back into that stressful lifestyle. And it's made worse by the fact that you can't help as many people as you want to help because there's a system in place that really, you know, kind of ruins that for you. I just, I can't imagine the level of depression you would feel to feel like you could finally be who you wanted to be and then have it all stripped away
0: it kind of is a reflection of what maxine is saying to see the system for what it is you know and how it works and to be so intimately aware with it and and even in a system like this where everybody has to wait their turn and blah 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 and be able to afford the care to be provided let's say and i still lost a patient that's the my breaking point i can't i can't handle it can't handle it so you know what rachel kudos you know, there's a, there is definitely a way of seeing that, and I don't disagree with it 100%. I don't think that's the case, but, like, I also think it's just enough to make you think that, and it's actually in the realm of possibility. Alcohol and pills, what a way to go.
3: The other thing Rachel suggested with the pills was um, he had just lost a patient, and maybe that was the patient's medication. Like, he had, he had this medication ready. Oh.
2: Uh. and now the patient died so he has
3: it sitting there next to him
2: on on this topic interestingly when he was doing the surgery and like it went wrong my flatmate like literally shouted out he's drunk and i was like um i don't think so (laughs) what do you guys think about that i think he was coming
0: out of it (laughs) it was nighttime i mean i don't know what do you think bridge
1: Mm, i don't know the thought crossed my mind like does he drink to keep his hands steady like john Mm. dory senior Substance abuse can be common in, in high-stress positions like that of surgeons. And so, I don't know. It kind of crossed my mind a little bit. But I was like, I don't know, is that really what we're going for here? Or is this just supposed to be like, he's coming in clutch because everything didn't go the way it was supposed to? Well, they got sidetracked for how many hours? And that woman's waiting the whole time for an appendectomy. So did her appendix burst during that time period.
0: Yeah, they got yeah. held up. And he probably just focused and like you said came in came in the clutch and just focused. There was something during the surgery and I didn't want to talk about this at first, but like something that happened during that whole sequence. Oh yeah, I remember now. Actually maybe maybe Jasmine could our, our resident doctor behind the scenes person ish person ish ish. <laughs>
1: just saying though. <no. laughs> but like
0: he wasn't wearing a surgical mask like on TV. Is that a thing? Is is that still a thing or like cuz he was like breathing all over that 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 uh open cavities. I like, mean
2: if you wanna <gasps> start if you wanna start nitpicking things that were medically wrong with that scene, I could be here for <laughs> an hour. So like but I could say that about any medical drama ever because there's always there's always issues and like incorrect things. So But he just kept talking hock- fe- feel into that like cavity. it's necessary to like nitpick. <laughs> He lost a junior mint in there. It's just like
0: he, had, he was chewing gum, and and that's actually what made the appendix burst. It just that was a big piece of gum that he pulled out of her. That's what it was. Oh,
3: like all the Walker kills and all the gross stuff that's happened on this show, and that was one of the ones that made me cringe the most. Like I, after I watched it the first time, when Rachel and I rewatched it this morning, I was like, "Tell me when this part's over." It was like the grossest thing, and I don't know why it affected me
0: so bad. I'm the exact same way. I can't watch House. Without grabbing somebody's hand, Oh, God. I was like, and oh. there's nobody there to grab it. Mm. Yeah, it's a bad. It was a bad time for me. Anyway,
2: <laughs> so. I was I was just looking at the fact that they weren't actually ventilating him with oxygen. Like the person, the patient, like there was no actual oxygen going into that person's system. And I was just like, that's a good surgery. They'd be already <laughs> dead by now.
0: Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the behind behind the scenes. This girl's like, this woman's like laughing. <laughs> They're doing surgery on me, <laughs> but know, like whatever.
2: But, like, if you watch any TV show, like, you watch them do CPR and it's, like, the most pathetic thing you've ever seen. So, so it's,
0: it's not that bad.
2: Ev- 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 every show messes up medical stuff. I've just accepted it.
0: And it's not even that. It was just that my, it's, it's the same gripe I had. This is the only gripe I had, really, at all, at all was, like, it's the same feeling I had about uh, the storm, nine sixteen, which is, like, everybody's coats were unbuttoned. And like they're flapping in the wind. Nobody has their hoods on or hats or anything. And you know, I explained why I know that why that is. It's the same reason why Daryl has his helmet off all the time until the last moment. It's like you want to see the pretty people's faces and bodies. First of all, that studio must be sweltering hot. Like as much AC as they're pumping into that room, <laughs> so they had to open their jackets and like, oh, just oh, it's so cold out. <laughs> Fucking zip up, idiot. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm um, but I'm acting like it's so yeah. Act like you've zipped up your coat, dumb face. So <laughs> this is the same gripe I had, like, similarly to the surgery. It's like, why is his face not covered, like, for surgery? Like, everybody should have, everybody should have, like, scrubs and stuff on and the thing and the all the coverings and maybe even a PPE or something.
2: It wasn't even close to a sterile field, so, like, it probably didn't make much yeah, difference. Yeah, exactly. They're literally doing like, it in the but, back of a barn.
0: But notice what the answer, the answer is always this. It's always... Oh, because I want to see Tommy's pretty face. And he, he is a beautiful, objectively beautiful man. Like, if it's a contest, look, and I'm going to say this out loud, if this is a contest between like, like him and, and Michael James Shaw, what genetic soup produced such a perfect man? <laughs> it's, 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 I forget the actor's name, but he is just gorgeous. He's just yeah okay okay let me let me show you an example and you go back to the tape but when he's like i don't do well on the outside his muscles are like i don't do well in confinement uh and like he's he's holding his head and you can see his biceps and the veins popping out and i'm like i don't believe you first of all all that
3: stirring he does in the bakery when he worked all those years in the bakery it's it's
0: because yeah thousand tier cakes he's like i gotta hold these Gotta get swole for the, holding these cakes. <laughs> Look at these cakes. Look at these cakes. Cakes over here. Also over there. I'm holding them in my hands. One-handed, seven-tier cake. Yeah, two two arms. Gun shows this way, ladies. <laughs> and that was the reason. That's the only reason why I wanted to nitpick it because it's hilarious to see such a beautiful man <laughs> in an unsterile environment. <laughs> it's sterile because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> my looks killed all the germs and bacterias.
2: My pl- my plot heart, my plot armor will save this patient. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: that's the clip, Charity. Mark it. Mark it. <laughs> it's plot, plot armor, armor. will fix. I don't think wear it all the time. But, but but man is he, man is he gorgeous. My shame has been littered across this entire episode.
2: So, obviously, in the next episode, we can see that Leah and um, Lance have made a deal, like, looks like it's about killing Maggie for whatever the terms are. What do you guys think the terms of the deal are? Like, what does Leah gain from this?
1: I don't know, because I was like, what could Leah possibly want from Lance? I have have no idea. Well, (laughs) I feel like the task would be reward enough, (laughs) because (laughs) she's like, you'll provide me with guns and weapons to kill this bitch that i really want to kill great like i feel like for her that's enough she's like excellent that's exactly what i was gonna do anyway thank you for just giving me guns and ammo to do that i don't know if he would have done that like you can have a special place in the commonwealth with me you can be my second in charge or whatever you, i have no you idea. could
0: be my mercer
3: mm-hmm. yeah
1: you could be my military lead because you have a lot of experience. Because technically clearly.
0: you are a merc, a mercenary, as he'll probably find out.
1: Yeah. I don't know if she would want to take that job, but given what she would be provided by Lance and the support she would be given to go do this thing she already wanted to do anyway. The runway. I don't see yeah. why she wouldn't take it. Like, even oh, yeah, but obviously with whatever he's offering.
2: Lance doesn't know about Leah's history with Maggie and the group at this moment in time. No, no. he's
0: incredibly lucky. Can we agree with that? Are you kidding me? The perfect person to take yeah, something mean, on like that. Well, she, I mean, he,
2: he should have got he should have got shot on the spot. <laughs>
3: Daryl is with them, and he could always bring Leah back to the camp and see Daryl, and that would bring a lot of things out in the open. He could he could also promise her Daryl do this, and I'll oh. give you this. Give you you know he could figure out find out the history and be like, here's Daryl. Do what you want with him.
0: I wonder if that will happen. But I want to remind everybody just before that, Daryl actually says first, yeah, I don't think we can go back to the Commonwealth, to Aaron and Gabriel. But what he also says, they're icing all three of them out of the investigation. Or the search is, you know, technically what he said, the search, meaning they're already on the outs. So it's quite possible that, they, that un- unless they enforce themselves into the situation, they are not, they're not going to know about this Leah situation. And if their intention is to not go back with them, they're going to escape. They're definitely not going to know about this Leah situation, which is terrible for Maggie, at least at first, unless Lance doesn't allow them to leave the situation and holds them in confinement of some, some reason or another. And it's quite possible that they're on a collision course. So, And that's easy to miss because I did miss it on the first watch. I want to also remind everybody something else, which is, shows how perfect Lance and Leah's arrangement is. What have we said... Are Leah's people uh, pre apocalypse, the Reapers? We'd said that they were phantasms wafting into the apocalypse, people who were adhering or clinging onto the old ways. What is the Commonwealth if not people clinging to something that resembles the old ways? And like, the, the, there's a scary, like, weird similarity between the two the reapers and the commonwealth in that they kind of hold on to their pre-apocalypse forms in this apocalypse they're somehow able to exist in a bubble that doesn't affect them until it does but what's the difference we don't we don't want the commonwealth to fall necessarily because there's too many people and let's just say the commonwealth isn't a bad place there's just a few rotten apples (laughs) that happen to be in charge that are holding fifty thousand people hostage to pray that the framework holds but the Reapers there's just every member <laughs> was holding on to a framework that yes kept them safe the the few handfuls of them that there were but let's just dial it back Dave for a second because what of Leah is not pre-apocalypse more pre-apocalypse than her just like Toby Carlson falling back into old tracks what does Leah have left nothing Dog. does she has she does she have She doesn't even have dog. No, but he's still out there. Yeah, where is Dog?
2: Oh, no, he's in the apartment complex with Judith and Dara. Yes,
0: that's right, that's right. Okay, solved. Okay, but she has nothing left. Yes, she has revenge, but what's more is now she's being bankrolled for that revenge, just like her pre-apocalypse job-ish thing. You know, she left the war, there was nothing there for her. She couldn't live a normal life. And, you know, being a vet, you're not making a ton of money for all the pain and anguish and, and service that you've put in. You come in one way, come out the other way. And then what do you have to show for it? Not much money. So she became a mercenary and got to be in the action, as it were, where she felt human. But what is that, if not Lance's offer? You can get what you want, be who you want, have that, maybe even be like Pope, have that God connection, that main line to God, you know, do it, do it that way. And then like, now you're being bankrolled to do your revenge thing. Like what better arrangement is that? And if she be, gets to become like General Shaw, all the better—the dark version of Mercer—and that fucking crazy. And, they, and the people would still look up to her because she's, you know, she's a she's a, a good-looking lady, you know, and she probably follows orders. And who doesn't like a badass bitch? <laughs> I mean, right, Sharon, you'd follow General Shaw, right? If there's one thing that will stop
3: Leah when it comes to Maggie, it's Herschel. Because remember, oh, Leah fuck. lost her son. Okay. So there's always the chance that she's going to go after Maggie and she's going to see Herschel and be like, wait a minute. Just like she couldn't kill the woman, you know, with the dad and the son, she couldn't couldn't bring herself to kill that woman.
0: But wait, what if it doesn't turn out that way? What if Leah decides that's what got me here in the first place? Me holding back because of the Walking Dead formula, because my time with Daryl, because I could have been the me that I was meant to be. Daryl took that away from me. Let's say she'll blame Daryl because she's neurotic. It's everybody else's fault. Like What if she decides not to and Herschel dies by her hand? Maybe maybe that's her her for, her form of revenge. She takes her blood family away from her. And then we get Isle of the Dead.
1: They could give her, and this isn't directly related, but um, they could give Leah Lily Call's comic book story. In the TV show, she's the person that the governor, Philip, then Brian, stays with in that apartment complex. Her dad is dying, he's on oxygen. That's Lily Call in the show. Now, in the comic book, Lily is in Woodbury, believes in the governor, wants, wants him to be successful, starts to kind of think this guy might be a little crazy, <laughs> <laughs> goes into the war at the prison and is told to shoot, and he shoot, she shoots Laurie Grimes, who has just given birth, and she's holding baby Judith. And, and Lily, Judith dies. Yes, and you find out in... In the novel Companions, that Lily had just had a miscarriage. And so this like broke her seeing that baby that she had just killed. So it happens,
0: Um, but it happens mm -hmm. back it ricochets back to her.
1: Yes. So I'm I'm wondering, and this has been theorized, what if someone gets Lily Call's story with Annie? Mm. And I wonder if that person could potentially be Leah.
0: You know what else? What if Leah is the cause or is the big bad for Isle of the Dead? What if Leah lives past this moment? Oh, I'm down that, for that. And that's oh, I'm totally huh? down for that. That
1: would be really interesting. Yeah, totally yeah, interesting.
0: <laughs> Let's move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just let that marinate. Let's let that marinate, you. right? Let's let the audience
0: <laughs> think about that for a minute, because if this answers some of the fucking horrible things we keep thinking about, I don't know, some people don't give a shit about Annie and I I don't blame you. She just hopped on. Whatever. How do you oh, care about somebody who just sure. her? <laughs> But like, how do we, how do you combat or how do you untangle somebody, first of all, somebody that we just met that Negan just married? And then also the fact that Herschel's not in the promos and it was like, okay, well, here's your answer. It's not great, but hey, at least we get to see more Leah Shaw. Oh no. <laughs> and Herschel's not there, right? Oh shit. But yeah, you don't like it, but also there's a party that's like, I'm here to see it, maybe? And because that would be the only thing that would get them to get Negan and Maggie to team up. This one person, one person. Kill both my wife and unborn child. And uh Herschel. And they would be like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna help you get, take down Leah Shaw. And then Leah Shaw comes to Manhattan where there's robots and aliens. I don't know, whatever. 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 <laughs> what? whatever.
1: What? what? What is this? Listen, the walking Dead could
0: could jump the shark at any time, people. <laughs> Some people have arguably arguably said they have, but whatever. It's not arguable. Hey, anyway, think about it. <laughs> okay, what, what else do we got? I don't know that we have anything left to say. Uh, oh, 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 we do. We do. There's just the stupidest of things. It's the stupidest of things. But c- come on, Norman, Daryl, Norman, Daryl. You're, he's wearing, you're going to go back to the tape and I'm going to show it on the screen. He's wearing like a child's version of Commonwealth armor. Do you know how I know that? If you look at the top right and left where the shoulder kind of, the, so there's the front plate, right? And his, where, where the shoulder cutout is, is tiny, right? They needed to make it small. Because the, the regular soldiers, yeah, there's like, like a noticeable cutaway. There's like an almost round corner that cuts in for the shoulders. Normal soldier. His is like tiny. His crotch guard, non-existent. But it's there. It's like a, for a tiny person. It's for a tiny, tiny human. And it's hilarious when you see it. It's like you can't unring a bell. Furthermore, his armor is like shifted down. So you see mostly black shirt up top. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. It's the funniest fucking thing to watch on television. Cause once you see it, you can't unsee it. he look like king it looks like Kingdom Armor. It looks like Kingdom Armor. It's not even funny. I mean it is funny. It's hilarious. But like you I'm walking around, I'm Daryl Dixon. I'm a dumb fucking son of a bitch. I like how Bridget's like, he's making fun of my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I'm literally just I'm like waiting for her to crack. And you know what I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, Norman Reedus is like, I'm not wearing that. I'm not wearing that. I run the show. I'm fucking Nor I'm Norman fucking Reedus. I'm not wearing that shit. <laughs> I'm not wearing a crotch guard, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> all right, we'll give you we'll give you a child soldier's outfit. All right. Whatever, as long as it cover my big dick. <laughs> Sorry, just been everywhere.
1: <laughs> this is a real turn. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> oh, what is happening? Play
0: the tape. Play the tape, David. <laughs> so did anybody notice that too? Like cuz every fucking soldier has like this crotch this the the front plate goes all the way down to the dick.
1: He did have that in like the first episode that we see him in it, cause it. I thought it looked weird, like it was like it hung too low on his body or something.
0: Yeah, but then you um, notice it's like for a, a tiny person. It's for the little little person. He's a little guy. Most actors and actresses are they're fucking all pretty, prima They're all pretty Madonna's. tiny, except it, it. Clearly, it was too small on him. Clearly, clearly for a reason. He didn't want that crotch guard at all. It like, must
1: be, I don't know. It must be weird to wear that stuff.
0: Yeah, but you, you play your part. You, you do your part, Norman Reedus.
1: Be a team world? player.
0: It's, I'm blaming the actor now. <laughs> anyway.
1: I'll have no part of this guy. <laughs> no, my scene. hero,
0: <laughs> I will not slander I his know. name. Charity's like, this is fucking, keep going, Dave. Just, you know so what? Just dig yourself more holes <laughs> with Bridget. <laughs> when you're done burying yourself, David, I'll have you all to myself, and I can do with you what I please. <laughs> Charity says. I, and Jasmine's like, I what the fuck am I watching?
3: I think everybody's saying that right about now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash until we figure out a better service that we can use to help you rate these podcasts. Rate this podcast in the preferred podcast platform that you choose, but you can also use ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and eggplant in whatever platform you choose to rate us in is all we need to know that you love us but use it as a sounding board to tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Tell us the weather in your state or city or country or village. Just tell us after every episode. And if you want to join us on this lovely journey behind the scenes where we tell you things that we don't tell you on social media, and if you value what we have to offer you as a podcast, why don't you try and just follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You don't have to buy us a coffee for 30 days of access to support about content or even join a membership tier for a dollar a month. We just want you to follow us so that you know what's going on behind the scenes, things that we do not publish on social media, things that we won't tell you in person because we're very secretive. We have secrets and we only spill them on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. And then when you're comfortable and you feel the moment is just right, we've romanced you enough, you can choose to either tip us or join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, but you you can do whatever you want. It's a free country. You have free will. I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do be you conservative, liberal, or uh, libertarian. I've been your host, Dave Cameo, <laughs> I was joined by Sharon D. A.K. Gardner, and Survivors Tier members Bridget, ex Girl on Twitter, and Jasmine.iec on Instagram. Thank you for joining us, take care everybody, and we'll see you next week for the second trimester finale of The Walking Dead's 11th and final season. It's getting real, folks. It's getting real. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs>
0: there's no coming back. There's no coming back. From that was bugs. that
2: was that was the longest outro that you've ever done.
0: I think it's the shortest outro I've ever done.
2: <laughs> no, they get longer.
0: Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode episode 185 discussing the walking dead's 15th episode of season 11 the final season of the walking dead titled trust uh we were joined by sharon d aka blazy gardner and survivors tier members bridget ex prophecy girl on twitter and Jasmine.iac on instagram now who are what are survivors tier members well As a matter of fact, you can support us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. And what we want you to do is just follow us there so that whenever you're ready to join and support Squawking Dead, whether it just be tipping us and receiving 30 days of supportive back content to our recording sessions or unedited episode recordings, or you can just join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, but Survivors tier members get shoutouts at the end of this podcast along with the ability to join us during our episode breakdowns so that they can lend us our thoughts on the show uh, so those survivor tier members are another perk for joining these Survivors tier members is the first dibs at shoutouts at real ryan gm on twitter at x prophecy girl on twitter who joined us for this episode breakdown ko-fi.com/slash/fanartlindy. That's Linda Peck Athens. She is an incredible artist, and she's killing it lately with her season eleven drawings of it was it Teo Rap who played Sebastian, uh, Jason Harner who played uh, Agent Car- oh, Agent Carlson, <laughs> Carlson, uh, Lance. She just did Lance Hornsby. It's it's looking it's looking really terrific. Uh, well, let, let's continue with the Survivors tier members. Jasmine.iec on, on Instagram, who also joined us today. And at Eliza Jones 71, who is recovering from rotator cuff surgery. So if you get a chance to uh, take a minute out, please wish her a speedy recovery. That's at Eliza Jones 71 on Instagram. And at JonesAJ6 on Twitter, if it pleases you. Well, let's not forget that our Whispers tier members... Are important to us too. And I'd like to shout them out now. They are at J13 Voorhees. J13 Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter. It's Aaron. At sandy.d.morrison on Facebook. Smiley. She is terrific. At frost and angel67, that's Alania. on uh, Twitter. And she's also pretty terrific. Uh, she's very she's got it's all heart. At Rita's Fan 2 on Instagram and Twitter. She is all passion. And at Tyler Phillip Cox on Instagram and Twitter, as well as on YouTube, where you can catch his podcast, Let's talk About the Dead. Uh, At Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, and also at Aiden the Raven on Twitter. Uh, Not only shouting him out as a whisperer, to your member, he also... Has been helping us lately with the blog, which looks fantastic for the last several uh, blog entries. It's looking real good. And last but definitely not least, at judith.morton on Instagram, uh, she is a cool person. Great photos that she's taken, and really hot takes. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you've been. You you made it to this episode. Uh, I'm so glad when you make it to all these episodes, and when you make it to the end, you get to hear all the great people who help make this podcast possible, and I hope one day you'll be among them. Uh, in case you haven't heard, we actually, at the top of the show, we have a new sponsor called Phineas Coffee. Uh, you can get really, really great coffee, top tier, highest grade, uh, for... Uh, for very little money and also they are willing to give fans of squawking dead a 10 percent discount off their next order uh and every bag of coffee that you buy from phineas coffee first of all you will love very much but second of all uh helps grow the show helps support us so head over to p-a-p-h-i-n-e-a-s coffee.com and put in promo code squawking dead no spaces uh to get 10 10 off your next order i'm looking forward to getting your support either here at koadishify.com slash squawking dead rating us at rate this slash squawking dead or you can head over to our merch store if you head to squawking dead.com click the top left of the main menu and choose merch i've been here host, david cameo take care we'll see you in the next one